I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're gonna wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. <laughs> and maybe this time we'll find out the full story. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on our website foreverfangirls.com or on Instagram at Forever Fanpod. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. And as you heard from our intro, we will be discussing the long-awaited long. film that long. shows us the origin story or I kind of call it like a mid-range story. For well, one, I mean, it's it, it gives you development of the character. Yeah, so that's why I think it's an origin story. Well, but you, it's kind of in the you get the point. Anyway, of one of um, my favorite Avengers, one of the original Avengers in Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Widow. Yes, and we have a lot to get into. So let's get started with the banter music. Let's hope I don't mess it up. Uh, <laughs> it's been a yeah, while. it's been a while. Um, so that those who haven't seen this movie yet can pause us and come back when they've seen the movie. I got so, the banter music going right. I heard. I'm very proud of myself. Very early, but that's okay. Hey, I'm I'll happy that I remembered what button it was. It's <laughs> I'll been a take bit. It. Um, so anyway, uh, what are we talking today? Mm. Oh, the banter music stopped. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look, it has just. A little backstory. I had surgery in June. So because I had surgery, all the recordings were done in advance. So I'm I'm kind of struggling to figure out what all my buttons do. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it'll, it'll come back to you. It's like riding a bike. Yeah, just fine. like, you know, right now, everything's sort of coming to some semblance of normalcy. Yes, it is. Like we're about to, or we were supposed to go we're to a baseball to. game last month, mm -hmm. but it got rained out and then you had surgery. Well, two months ago. It was actually in May. You know what? Well, I'm just the the days are blurring, okay? <laughs> and you're you're being like really really precise. Well, no, I just remember it was the end of May. It was against Atlanta and then it got rained out and now it is a double header at the end of July. Yeah. So, we are looking forward to that, but that is going to be later. For now, let us go into the meat and potatoes of meat and potatoes. Really? Why? I was expecting. I mean, are you thinking of the food at, at City Field? Uh, maybe thinking mm -hmm. of the fries. Oh, those! I love those crinkle fries. Yes, but Shake anyway. Shack. Um, yes. Yeah, so let's get into Black Widow. So, as Kimberly mentioned, Black Widow was originally slated to be released. Um, in did you mention that? No, no. I was thinking that you were thinking Sorry. that. It was, I said it was supposed to be released a really long time ago, and it was. Yeah. So it was supposed to be released in theaters on May 1st, 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, because... Well, I don't think they knew the pandemic was coming. No, they didn't. That's why, you know, it got pushed back yep. um, twice. And then, you know, finally, they released Black Widow July 9th, simultaneously in theaters, as well as Disney Plus Premier Access, which is where we watched it and where we got the synopsis. So... Take it away, baby. Before I read the synopsis, though, I'm just going to point out that it was announced that 
uh, Disney Premier Access made Black Widow $60 million in the opening weekend. And I, for one, really think this model works for those who want to go to theaters. They go to theaters for those who want to stay home and watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like this model and I, I'm just throwing it out there. I really hope Disney continues it. Wow. So that plus the 80 million that it brought in from theaters. And not that's including. 100, that's 150. I think it was 80 million domestic, not yes, including. Exactly. Uh, international. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking domestic. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a smart model because there are th- certain things I want to see in films and cer- uh, in films, in theaters and certain times I don't want to go. But anyway, the synopsis for Black Widow and I'm going to try a new accent so okay let's hear it (laughs) God help me Natasha Romanoff aka Black Widow confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises pursued by a force that will not stop to bring her down I I read that wrong pursued by a force (laughs) that will stop at nothing to bring her down Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Okay, that that was a valiant try. Really? <laughs> you sounded you sounded like Slowpoke Rodriguez. No, no, <laughs> no. I did not sound like Slowpoke Rodriguez. Okay, maybe that was just me. I don't even remember that cartoon. Oh my goodness. But I'm digressing. Yes, we are. We're, we're like all over the place today, folks. Sorry. Um, it's been a while. It has been a while. So as Kimberly said at the top of the show, Black Widow is the origin story of Natasha Romanoff, right? We were first introduced to her in Iron Man 2 in 2010. And she's yeah, been part- 2010, people. Yeah. And she's been part of the Avengers movie since then. And now, only now, 11 years later, do we get her standalone film. Slight interjection, not just the Avengers film. I believe she's been through like all of the films. So, I mean, she's been scattered throughout. Yes. So let us put a pin in that because, um, yeah. yeah, we, we have we to have, we, that. That needs to be a pin. <laughs> okay. So that aside, uh, we find out that back in 1995... Right, young Natasha lived in Ohio with her sister Yelena, her mother Melina, and father Alexei. She's about ten or eleven, and Yelena at that time is about six. Right, so they seem to be living an idyllic life until they have to escape to Ohio and head to Cuba, where we find that Alexei really is an undercover spy for Drakov, right, the big bad. The family was all a ruse, and you know it was disbanded at this time. So we fast forward to twenty-one years later. In the uh, MCU timeline, this is right after Captain America Civil War. Natasha's on the run, and she's relying on her network to get supplies so that she can lay low. This is what we know. Oh, we're doing like a bullet point thing? We're doing a bullet point thing. Because there's a lot that goes on in this movie. Right. So, Natasha thought Drakov is dead. He's not. And Natasha was trying to use uh, Drakov's daughter as bait. Antonia... The daughter became collateral damage and is now the taskmaster. Natasha and Yelena reunite with Alexei and Melina, the mom and dad, to take down the Red Room, right? And the Red Room is what controls, uh, it's, it's the, the, the evil layer, if you will, that controls the minds of little girls and they train, they get trained to be assassins. So that's, that's where they fail and die out. Or they fail and die out. I mean, it's it's really bad. Yelena, all this time, was actually under that chemical mind control herself, but she was exposed to the antidote. So um, 
you know, they they try to take down the red the red room. Yelena ends up killing Drakov by blowing up his getaway helicopter. Actually, in between that, Natasha actually finds out that her birth mom did not throw her away. She was actually taken from her birth mom. So, you know, a lot of layers here. Mm-hmm. And then after the, you know, the after credit scene, uh, Yelena, we see Yelena with a dog that she always wanted and named her uh, Fanny. Well, leave it for the cute. We are going to put pins in this. Well, we will put pins in it. Yes. Come on. Yes. Can we get to the good? No, not yet. (sighs) This is very important. All right. Right. At the end scene at Natasha's grave, right, we see this very, this very emotional scene. And then all of a sudden, Valentina shows up, tells Yelena, because Yelena is still a hired killer, essentially, Mm -hmm. that her next target is the man who quote, killed her sister, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And that's how the movie ends. Can, can we go with the good now? Can we just jump right in? We can. Yes. Overall, in the grand scheme of MCU films, I really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought it was, the, the story was well done. I think there was a lot of layers to it and there was a lot of Easter eggs and it was well executed, well acted. Um, you know, Marvel really does have a high standard of what we've come to expect from them. Yeah. Even though, you know, there's a formula there. Yeah. Right? yeah it's formulaic and you, you can kind of see where the ebbs and flows go um, and you can pinpoint things, Yeah, but it's still, you, you need to execute it. And yeah. they, they have recently they, consistently executed it at a higher level. Yeah. They, they continue to make it work. And, you know, part of that, I, part of that formula really is the caliber of actors that they um, have, you know, in their in their movies, we have Scarlett Johansson, you know, as Natasha Romanoff, mm-hmm. Black Widow. I mean, I think she's incredible. Yeah, I really I love that casting. Yeah, since it, from the beginning, I've loved that casting. Yeah, and you know, Florence Pooh, I think Pooh, I think I'm sorry if I am mispronouncing her last name, um, who played Elena Belova, a scene stealer, in my humble opinion. Mm. I do find that when she's on screen. The way she delivers the lines, um, the way she brings the character to life, um, your eyes deviate to her, yeah, a lot, yeah. So she's, I'm, I'm very excited to see what she does. Yes, I, I, her dialogue was also like really spot on, mm-hmm. and you know we have David Harbor, and mm-hmm. every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that's the sheriff from Hawkins. Yeah, you were you were bringing up Stranger Things, and I was like, ooh, ooh, it's Hellboy. <laughs> You're like what? Well, that shows you where you know we. we both I love go, Stranger but, Things, um, but you know, yeah. So like, oh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was basically the comedic relief in this mm-hmm. film. But also, I think there was more to it than the comedic relief. But yeah, but you know that that was his main. I think that was his main purpose. But yes, he ha- he was multidimensional. He mm-hmm. wasn't just that one one sided character. Um, and then, of course, we can't forget Rachel Weisz, right, no. as Malina. Yeah, the the whole, like, the the family unit was really, really the biggest thing for me here. Yeah, and, okay. it, and another thing that goes into making the film as, as in-depth and as well-rounded mm-hmm. as it does, uh, or as it did, with all of Marvel, um, like in Captain Marvel, I... I kept commenting about the music and the soundtrack. You oh know, my god. It was just brilliant. In this case, I loved how they 
did new versions of songs we knew and and twisted it. And in my case, um, the smells like Teen Spirit yeah. over what I think is the most powerful, poignant opening I have ever seen in a Marvel film. You actually said it was long. It was long. It was very long as an opening, but it was also somewhat terrifying. It was, it was also necessary to yeah. show what they what the red room did to young girls. But when you when you when I've looked back on it a second time, yes, it is long. Mm-hmm. But when you put all the pieces together and that music over it, yeah. um it really is extremely powerful few minutes of 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 a film. Yeah. It was to, very to really Yeah, and and the way they redid Smells Like Teen Spirit was I really like it. Yeah, I I actually I knew the song. I, I'm not a Nirvana fan, and I'm sorry. I just was never a fan of their music. But this rendition was, at least for me, it was captivating. And I don't know if it's because of everything else around it, but I thought that it was perfect for for that whole thing, yeah. for that whole opening scene. Um, speaking of music, there was a scene earlier to the credit scene where um, you know the family was leaving Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. And they were in the car and young Yelena says, Daddy, I want to hear my song. And he puts in the tape, the tape deck in the car. Yeah. Remember those? Um, and then, you know, the music comes up and it's American Pie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you think that it's going to be some kind of like child song, but it's not. And it, and the, the, the music playing in the background and Yelena is just happily singing to it. You know, the, the melody is, is, you know, in a major key. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's fun. It's light. It's, it's happy. And does she really quotes. know what she's singing? Right. Uh, you know, at six, you probably, you probably don't. don't. It's right? just that, again, you, you always told me the major key, it's that, that light airy type it's sound. Happy. So you, you feel more inclined to sing it. Right. Um, and then you, you realize the words and it's like, whoa. Yeah, and you know everybody else in the car, their faces were drawn, mm-hmm. right? Because they know this is you know basically the end of the line. You know, it's, it's life the, or death. If they're caught, they're done. Right. But you know, for them, you know, it's it's a two sided thing. For them, it's the end of their family. Mm-hmm. You know, Melena said, "I don't want to leave." It's it's right? the day Ohio died. It's the day Ohio died. I'm going to roll back for a second because mm-hmm. the, the way they did Smells Like Teen Spirit, I, there's one other film and I actually, I had to look it up on my computer while you were talking about your song. Um, you mean you weren't paying attention to me? I was absolutely paying attention to you, <laughs> but I wanted to double check because in Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. they did 99 Luftballoons mm-hmm. in that eerie uh, remake, remember, where she's going through Berlin. It's that It had that type of feel, that, mm. that dark, sullen yes. yeah. feel. Um and I, I, gosh, I'm, I'm just really loved that. I know I love the 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 mix of the songs and, and the music. I really that really brought out, and I cannot stress it enough. That really brought out the emotion of what they were showing you. Yeah, and they did that for Atomic Blonde, and they did it here. And again, it was like the first ten minutes of the movie, and I was crying. Like what? Disney? Look, That's this not is Disney. Cool. <laughs> Come on. I know. I cry at the drop of the hat, but you know. No, it's Disney. It's yeah. like Nemo. First room, hey, everybody's happy. Oh, wait, there's one egg. It's got a crack and everybody else is dead. Uh, up 
Anyway. Yeah, up five minutes in, we're all bawling our eyes out. So anyway. But bringing, bringing it back. Yes. Um, I also loved the family dynamics. I especially love that sisterly thing back and forth. I do not have sisters. I have brothers. Mm. But I know sibling rivalry. Um, and I know how my brothers and I interact. And seeing, you know, even after all that time being apart, that they are still like that. You know, it, it's great to see because maybe when, you know, my brothers and I are old and gray, we'll still be like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you it's great to see the, the, I was going to say camaraderie, but it's not, it's not the, that's not the right word, but you, you banter back and forth, you know, and sometimes it's pointed, very mm-hmm. pointed. And then other times it's like, oh, you know, come on. Yeah. yeah. Like when, um, Elaine is like, well, where are your Avenger friends? And she's like. Natasha's like, well, we're not really talking right now. She's like, well, what are what good use are you? Yeah, you know what what are you doing here then? Right. Um, the idea of Natasha saying, put your seatbelt on, and then Yelena going, you're, you're such, such a mom. A mom. Yeah, you know, there was just such a great witty timing and an interaction, and that goes to writing and the cast again. But I do really enjoy that they put that in there. Well, it it also shows, you know, that they're they're trying to work through their feelings. Yes, mm-hmm. it's through action, especially the first scene when they finally see each other again, and yep. they're like, you know, trying to kill each other. Yep. And Natasha's like, you know, stay down, stay down, and they don't, you know. And she finally relents at the end and says, "Okay, truce." Yeah. You know, and it's because they they both have such, you know, excuse the phrase, they have such baggage from. 1995 mm-hmm. and unresolved you know all of all of that hurt and that fear and, and abandonment issues i was going to say resentment but yes abandonment as well you know and that that leads into when all of them are sitting around the dinner table again yes yeah um and i, I found that fascinating because you go from the beginning when they're at the dinner table and the music died or ohio died and all of a sudden you are now back together at the dinner table again and it's as if no time has passed. Yes. Elena tells Natasha to don't sit slouch. up, don't slouch. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm not slouching. Alexei's trying to, you know, discuss about how let's he's the eat. father and, and let's eat and it's family dinner. Melina says, oh no, we've figured out this and we've mind control and kills the pig. She does not kill the pig. Um, sorry, it had 11 seconds left or something. Yes. You know, and everybody's going on and saying it wasn't real and blah, blah, blah. And they're going on. All of a sudden, Elena just stops it and goes it was real it was real to me yep and it was just i think like you said every when natasha and yelena first meet they're letting out little it's like the the door is open a little bit and Mm -hmm. they're letting a little little pieces out but they're still guarded and when everyone's around the table it just everything i think comes out yeah and there's no bombs there's no guns there's no massive fight sequences it is just some of the most powerful storytelling in any MCU. Yeah. And I think that is that is the magic that you know the writers actually you know, bring forth and that the actors make it come to life because it it, it makes at least for me it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely relatable. You know, after all of that trauma and then now you're forced to confront it. Uh, I I get teary just thinking about it. And it shows how each each character, in their own way, is doing the very best they can. Like, Yelena leaves to calm down. Natasha's trying to stand firm, but, you know, she's telling, talking to Milena. Milena's trying to, you know, they all have this thing. But the thing for me that stuck out 
in the aftermath of that was Alexi telling the father story. Yeah. Which is pointless. Well, he's like, you know, fathers. Well, he's he's trying to he's trying to tell Yelena, you know, I'm a father too. But it it didn't it didn't connect because it didn't have anything to do with her. It was all about him. And exactly. that, that was the whole, you know, thing with but him. But then what's the next thing he does? He starts singing American Pie. Yes, because because he does know. Yes, he does know. He's just again, excuse the phrase. He's just a bumbling idiot. Well, I think each one of them have their own, I'm not going to use the word, the wrong phrasing here, but I think each one of them has their own level of ego. They've been apart for so long. They've survived on their own. They've all been through hell Mm -hmm. and they have this level of protection and and ego about them. Like I've survived this long without you. I don't need you. And I think that that's a bit of resentment and maybe ego is the wrong word, but it's like a resentment and 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 a, a barrier of sorts. Okay. And this forces it all out. And that's when I think the film switches and, and moves forward. And the way it goes forward from here is fascinating. Yeah. I, I will agree with you that the, the ego is not the right word. There. Yeah. Ego is the wrong word. Apologies. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing that I, that was, I don't know, very powerful for me is like other underlying themes here, right? Okay. About the, um, the suppression and control of women, you know, little girls, they don't have free will. They don't have choices. Um, you know, that scene on the airplane where, you know, he was it a helicopter. Ele- Sorry, helicopter where Alexi is saying, are you, oh, why are you so mad? Are you on your, is that the time of the month for you or something like that? And she says, no, you I don't have reproductive organs anymore. It just gets ripped out, right? So they're they're violated mm-hmm. and molded to someone else's will to do his bidding, right? They're perfect killing machines. They can't reproduce. They can't do anything for themselves. He controls all of them, and that 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 theme just it it gets me because it's still prevalent. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's very. It's very prominent in what is going on right now in politics when it comes to women. We have no control over our bodies. We have no say in what happens to us in certain states yeah. because men are in power. Yes. And instead of talking to women and asking us what we need, they're saying we have the right to do this because it's wrong. And they're a very small minority in numerical values as far as statistical polling they're on the wrong side of the equation, but yet they have the power to make the decisions. And that is exactly what this this does. Right. This is what it's showing you. But I do want to say one thing in regards to the scene in the helicopter. Um, Yelena says, the, des- describes it in a, I don't want to say comical manner. It comes off comedically because he, um, Alexi's getting skeeved. And he's like, oh, you don't have to tell me to stop it. You know, well, like any being, father would. I don't think it's being comical. I mean, she... No, I it's, think coming, it's coming off comedically because of how he's responding. How he's responding. But yes. she's very clinical about yes. it. Yes. And she's very clinical about it and very black and white about it. And, and online, and I was, you know, when this comes out, I do like to, after we watch it, I like to see what people think. Mm. And one see, of the... See, I don't, so I don't see all Well, it doesn't affect what I think. It's just, you know, um, but I saw a, a thing going through a lot of different posts about how the story diminished what they went through and the torture and the horror that they experienced. And I think what is being missed in this specific case is that when you suffer a trauma like that, you you have to say things 
I mean, we've all been through trauma. When you repeat it, like you said, clinically, A, B, and C happen because you need to remove the emotion because otherwise you're ripping the scar off and you're reliving it again and again and again. And he's a dad. That's like me as like a 13-year-old going, dad, can you get me tampons? My father would turn dark red and try to hide in a corner. Right. It's hard for him to to really relate. and Yeah, but he also just doesn't want to hear things like that. The way I perceived it is he didn't want to hear it, A, because he considers them his girls, and B, because he also put them there. Yeah. He felt, so, he feels, I, I agree with you, I think he feels a little bit guilty for not standing up at that time. So I think that, I think that was missed. And that's just my humble opinion, but I think that was missed and, and people took it the wrong way. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to compartmentalize it because, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to move forward from that when you're, when you're violated so egregiously. Egregiously, yeah. Um, but I also, I like that the, going off this, another underlying theme is that they were finding their free will and their courage to stand up for themselves and being their best advocates and fighting back. Yeah, yeah. I love the scene where speaking of free will, where you know they're in the BMW. BMW was the uh, the yeah. They were they here. were everywhere. Yeah, I was like, oh, look at that car. Yeek! They and it still it. got destroyed. Um, so you know what that tells me? It doesn't matter how much money you spend on a car; it can still be flattened. Oh my goodness! Okay, so anyway, my point was when they were riding in the BMW that they stole. Yelena is saying, "I know you're you're jealous of this vest that I'm wearing because it has so many pockets." And yep. you know they they go that banter back mm-hmm. and forth. The reason why it was important to Yelena is because it was the first thing she bought with her own money, and it was her it was her decision to yep. buy the vest. So that was the 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 big symbolism there is that it was her choice. Slight tangent. Number one, I absolutely love that vest. But number two, at the end of the film, she gives the vest to Natasha. Yeah, says, "I know you love this. I know you want it." Yeah, Natasha actually wears that vest. I believe, it, and, and I scanned through Infinity War, I believe she's wearing the same vest in Infinity War. Oh. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Seriously, if I am wrong, please correct me. But I do believe she's wearing the same vest in that's, Infinity War. See, that's that's just, that's nice. You know, it's like tying mm-hmm. everything together. Yep. Yeah. I, I like the theme of keeping true to yourself yeah. in here. Um, and, and the scene goes to, you know, Natasha expressing to Melina how she feels and whatnot. And then I think Melina tells her, says, how do you, how did you keep your heart? It, yeah. Because Melina was talking about, you know, she had no choice. She was basically, she was recycled through the red room three times before she, before Natasha was even born. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was basically a rat in the cage and Natasha was saying, well, you know, that's not your fault. And so she was trying to let Melina know, you know, Yes, this is an atrocity that was also done to you, and that's why Milena was asking. You know, how do you keep your heart? And I'm gonna I'm gonna read the line because you actually wrote it for me. Natasha replies with, "Pain only makes us stronger." Didn't you tell us that? What you taught me kept me alive, and that I think opened the floodgates for Natasha to accept the fact that everything in Ohio was real for her. And I think it also brings Milena in and lets her know that she had an impact and, and it was real for her. That all of them really, the three, I mean, yeah, three years in, in, in the grand scheme of things, three years really isn't that long a time. But when you spend every day with someone for three years, you can't help but 
grow close to them. Yeah. And so, you know, all of them really didn't want to leave Ohio, but they had to, you know, and the fact that, that um, Natasha was saying, you know, you taught me that to Milena. She really did look to Milena as her mom. Yeah. Yeah. That got me crying too. Got me crying now. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's, it's a very emotional scene. Well, that whole dinner. Um, but I think ultimately the one theme throughout the entire film that y- you and I have discussed is that it's doing the right thing even when it's the hard thing. Yeah. Because Natasha does not want to go back. No. No one wants to go back. But they have to do the right thing. You know, and then um, her freeing Antonia, the taskmaster. Yeah. Knowing that she's going to attack, you know, her and, and, yeah. and Black Widow is not going to want to fight back. And, right. And Natasha's going to want to deal with this in, in some way. But, you know, it's the right thing to do. So... Are there anything else good-wise? Because we, we've been talking for a bit about the good, but I want to make sure if you have anything else you want to add. No, I think that's, uh, I think that was that pretty much sums that up. Okay, so you want to start with the bad? When we first started watching Black Widow, it mm-hmm. actually took me a while to understand where it was in the timeline. I was, I was absolutely lost. So, I had to bring it up to you, yeah. Yes, so I'm like, oh, okay, all right, now I think I... Now I think I know. I mean, you know, the 1995 thing, that was fine because it was showing their past. Mm-hmm. But then when, you know, when she was on the boat trying to shake off whoever was um, chasing her at the time, I'm like, okay, where? why is she laying low? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So thank you for setting me straight there. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that clear cut until there was something that was said in the beginning when they were chasing her. And then they mentioned Tony Stark and um, Captain, Captain America is laying low. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's right after Civil War. But it did take a few minutes. And, you know, again, maybe it would have been better if it had been released in 2020 and we did not have COVID delays. Maybe had they done that on Disney Plus. See, for me, I think that the film should have been released way before 2020. I mean, well, that's another bad. Yes. I yeah. mean, I'll let you take that one for for because you have a, a good way of freezing it in your little notes which i love my wife's notes by the way i have four pages of it folks so anyway i think that the movie for black widow should have been released even well before captain marvel yeah i mean like we said right in our opening she was one of the original avengers Mm -hmm. and she's been there you know through everybody else's solo film yep why didn't she get her own solo film it's just it's 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 not fair. No. And um, it's an MCU issue because... Oh, is this your rant now? Are, are, we, are we taking the pin <laughs> really? out? Really? We're going we're gonna to pull the pin out of the ending sequence because I'm going to be honest. This, this film would have gotten everything, like every possible height top of our ratings, right? Mm. I'm just going to say 11 years. 11 <laughs> years. <laughs> And we get one film, one film. This is a character that in 2010, I believe you said it was 2010 and Iron Man 2, has been objectified, has been looked at as if they were only supporting, treated not as well as they should have been treated. And this is what you give us now. And then on on top of it, you have two (laughs) times where you could literally showcase 
the emotion and the loss of, of Natasha sacrificing herself for the Soul Stone in Endgame. And what do you do? I wish there was a way that we could tell her that we won from Hawkeye on a friggin' river while everybody's in black doing this massive funeral for Iron Frickin' Man. Which, let me tell you, I'm just gonna be freaking blunt here. I don't like Iron Man. I never have. That is my personal opinion. I like Thor. I like Captain America. I like Black Panther. I like, I love Doctor Strange. Mm. You know, I love Captain America, Captain America, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Um, I can literally go through a litany. You and I, to this day, giggle about Groot. Marvel has these amazing films and series with WandaVision. We have yet to see oh Loki. Please God. forgive us. Yeah, but WandaVision was incredible. Exactly. See, and, and it's just the development has been so amazing. And you're telling me that it took you 11 years to give me one freaking film where you cannot even have a proper ending sequence where people can cry and say, I'm so sorry you're gone and yeah. give the just do for a character to go into the sunset. Are you freaking kidding me? You have to interrupt that with a character sniffling and taking away from it. And then what do you do? You lead it to, Hey, by the way, um, you know, you're going to have to go kill the guy. So we're going to set up the man story now. Are you kidding me? This is what I hated about Wonder Woman, both films. It is not, look, here's the deal. I have nothing against men and love being, you know, love is the most powerful thing on earth, right? Mm -hmm. I have absolutely no qualms with love causing someone to do something or giving them the impetus to do something. That is natural. What I have an issue with is when you literally make it where their character cannot survive without this character, period. And it's usually a guy. Yeah. I mean, that's why we loved uh, Captain Marvel so much, right? Because she didn't really need that romantic love. She needed support of her friends, of her family, in order to... to help her along but she still she still made the decision she did it on her own own. let me ask you a question give me one superhero film male driven that had to have a female sub character or supporting character for them to finish what they needed to do because i can't think of one interesting i don't think i can name one the only thing i think that comes a little close is peggy carter and and uh captain america because their relationship was so strong, but he still did what he did without her. You know, he still goes into the water and freezes and says, I'm going to need a rain check and she's supposed to accept it. So maybe he needed her acceptance of what she, you know, he was going to do, but he was going to do it with or without her acceptance because he had to do the right thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of seeing films where female led films primarily are not given the respect or the just do that they deserve. And I don't know, like you and I have discussed, we don't know what was on the back end. We don't know what Scarlett Johansson's contracts were or what else was going on back there. But you had an opportunity, Marvel, and you blew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about that. You know, we, we're, we're not part of like the behind the scenes. We don't know if there's other contractual things that were going on or, you know, personality things that were clashing or whatever, right? But... You know, for the character, that's that's where we both agree that in this this was just a raw deal. She's getting one standalone film, and at the end credit scene, right where so at the very beginning, 
setting this up a little bit, you know, the sisters had that little whistle thing that they, it was their secret language, mm-hmm. right? And towards the end, you know, she, she does it again. And um, we're half, and this is actually well, something that we think is acute. Yes. But, you know, when, when the, when the big battle ends and they really go their separate ways, you know, Yelena does the whistle mm-hmm. and then Natasha answers. Mm-hmm. And then at the end credit scene, Yelena again whistles. And there's no response. See, that's the thing. I was hoping that there was. And what happens when you see that emotion and it's such, see, again, you're crying because it's such a brilliant scene and they took everything away from it to set up Hawkeye. Yeah. For me, really upset. For me, they could have done a mid credit scene at her at the tombstone with Fanny, which, by the way, the dog is named Fanny, and it also is the name of one of the aliases. That is one of our cute. You're, yes, you're I'm, I'm cute. jumping to cutes. I'm bringing cutes in because we're going, we're going dark. That is an adorable cute. The whistle is a cute. Um, but they could have done a mid credit scene with that section where yeah. they could have had the entire thing there, and they could have really let it be her final send-off and be a beautiful homage to a character that we really didn't get enough of. Yeah. And then they could have done a final credit scene. I mean, they did it in Captain Marvel. They had two and you know scenes. Yeah. One that started explained how the Avengers started. And then they had the end credit scene where it led right into Endgame. Yep. So there was no reason they couldn't do this here where she's in, you know, the Midwest under a tree, which is another cute. It's an homage to Natasha's mother, who's unknown, buried under some tree somewhere. Yeah. But it's in the Midwest. It's where they where they had their family, where they had their home. And it was such a beautiful send off. And then you hear <laughs> she's trying to blow her nose because she can't stand the Midwest flowers. And it just are you kidding me? It's a good thing you're close to that button. Yeah. I'm, it, it just makes me so freaking angry because why are we still doing this? Why? I don't know. You had Captain Marvel, which made a billion dollars. Come on. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the signs have been all over the place and it's still not being seen or read. It's, so. Marvel really needs to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my one criticism that, you know, they... They make such good films, but they don't have, it seems like, and again, folks, we don't know the the back dealings here. And this is also just it, our opinion. Yes. It just doesn't seem like they have enough faith in female-led films, superhero films. And I think the thing that really solidifies it is it's at the end. Literally, everything is done. There is nothing that can wash this taste out of your mouth. Right. Because, you know, the, the, that slim hope of hoping, hoping, hoping that she is actually really not gone, that she can come back. It's done. It's gone. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen there's a Gamora from a different timeline. There was no reason why they couldn't do that with Black Widow. Yeah. You know, there, there were, and again, we don't know the backside, but there could have been other ways to handle this. And they just, they dropped the ball hard. Yeah. So, anyway. Do we have any other cute? So, we're, we're, we're leaving the bad. And yeah, going no, we're, the we're moving to the cute. We've got the sister's whistle, which we've admitted is a cute. We've got the, um, well, what the family I was, reunion. Yes. And what I was going to say was that, you know, Yelena, it's really 
for me, it was really cute that Yelena, being the hardcore assassin that she is, mm-hmm. she wants to die a cool way, right? So <laughs> the avalanche, the avalanche would be a cool way to die. That'd right? be such a cool way. And then when she's laying on the table and they're they're markering up her forehead, yeah, because they want to like slice and dice her brain while she's still alive. It's like this is not a cool way to die. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know, but you know, to me, either one is not a good way to die. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just I mean, and, and I liked when Yelena was on top of the helicopter and, and uh, Natasha's like, Yelena, don't. And she goes, this was fun. And she like slams the staff into the thing, blows the, the helicopter, goes flying off. Yeah. Because that's a quote unquote cool way to die. Yeah. We should, we should actually say that, you know, whatever series she's going to be part of, I think it's going to be good. I think she's going to continue to be a scene stealer. And I think people are going to tune into Hawkeye for Yelena, for Forens. Mm. I don't think Hawkeye is going to... And I, maybe I'm. Maybe it's because I'm a little frustrated with how they ended this, and maybe I'm projecting. I don't really have an interest in Hawkeye. You know, that's funny, because neither do I When with the Avengers. I mean, I have more of an interest with the Hulk. Yeah. And I like again, we've discussed Thor and Hulk, and you know, there's there's all the other characters you want to look into. There's the new versions of the Avengers. There's even the Eternals coming out. There's the next Black Panther. There's all these other great films coming out. I'm looking at Hawkeye, going, eh. yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly invested in that character. And putting Yelena on it is making me intrigued about it. But she's gonna, for me she's going to end up stealing all the scenes just because of how I feel about Hawkeye and because of the bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. She's going to rock it. I have no doubt. We hope. No, I have no doubt. She will be an amazing part of that series. Yeah. So, um, okay. The, the one other thing that is cute, right. Is the, uh, you had mentioned it earlier that Fanny, what is (laughs) Yelena's dog, Mm -hmm. right. And that that actually is a reference to all of the aliases that Natasha had, you know, Fanny Longbottom. And it's a real name. And it's, it's like the, the vest that Yelena gave to Natasha, right? And so Yelena is always with Natasha no matter what. Mm-hmm. And now Yelena is doing the same thing. Natasha's always with her because Fanny is always with her. Yeah. And I also mentioned the tombstone in Ohio with, you know, the Midwest flowers and everything. Um, I thought that was wonderful and phenomenal because Natasha's entire thing during this whole film, she was looking for home and looking for, she was making up for her past sins. And, and there's actually a conversation between Yelena and her where she says, you know, I'm trying to make up for my past. And she's like, you know, you might be an Avenger, but you're still an assassin like me. You're still a killer like me. You're yeah. still a killer. You, you can't run from your past. And it just felt like Natasha finally came home. Yeah. It it comes full circle. Yeah. And before they ruined it. And yeah. And not just for Natasha, but also Yelena, because she was the one who said this was real to her. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is her home too. Yeah. And now she's carrying the mantle. Yeah. She's picked up the mantle. Yeah. Anything else you would like to add? Uh it didn't feel like the runtime was that long either. And I know it's it's a two hour film. It's a two hours and fifteen minutes. It didn't feel like it. Well, when when it's a good film mm-hmm. until the end, you know, it's like what? I think 
I, at least for me, I think I'm, I'm good with, with that discussion. So do you want to do the rating? Okay. So let's go ahead and do it then. Drum roll, please. Okay. So the rating that we give Black Widow is four stars. And we both agree with this rating, by the way. Yeah. I will be honest and say it would have been a five star review if they didn't have that ending. Agreed. Um, it took so much away from it because it was at the end that that's all I could think about. Yeah. There was a lot of intimate themes. There was amazing acting. I did love the writing. I love the score, the music. Um, but that, that end credit scene, turning her story and refocusing it on Hawkeye. And I know they had a very close relationship throughout. I know they were like best friends type deal. Yeah. I get all of that, but it just was handled poorly. And, I feel that Black Widow deserved her standalone and her proper send-off, and it should have been done eons ago, but they did it now, and I don't want to say too little too late, but they should have handled it better. Yeah, and yeah, it. I felt, I agree with you, I, I felt cheated at the end, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I really don't know, like we've been saying, we don't know the inner workings, we don't know if this was... If if it was always meant to be that this was one and done for Natasha Romanoff, but she she really didn't get a fair shake. No, and you know it it was it was an amazing film, an amazing film, but they just didn't stick the landing. You know, I we've come to expect those those end credit scenes, mm-hmm. and so it's I I can't not watch it. I also want to interject, and even at Endgame, in, during Endgame, at the end of the credits, they used Iron Man's hammer from the first freaking film to give an homage to Iron Man leaving, and they can't do that. So I'm oh, just going to bring that in man. again. You know, Marvel has always used the after credit scenes to great effect. Yeah. They had two chances. They've messed up both. Yeah. So, anyway. But anyway, that's going to be our show for today. Um, Thank you for joining us and sticking through. I know this was a longer episode than normal, um, but we would love to hear what you thought of Black Widow. So feel free to uh, leave a review of this episode, leave a comment on Twitter or Instagram, or you can even send us a 90-second message on SpeakPipe, which is uh, at speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. We would love to hear from you and we'd really appreciate that little subscribe button thingy or follow button if you are on Apple. Okay. And so then until next time, stay safe, be kind and remember pain may make you stronger, but returning home to family will help you heal. Home is wherever your loved ones are. And there really is no place like it. 